Hello and welcome to Where's Shaz, the podcast. I'm Shaz Ahmed and my mission is to empower, educate and inspire you with stories, knowledge and guests in the world of property, finance and business. So let's go. Hello and welcome to the podcast once again. So my guests today are a dynamic duo. They are property investors and developers all over England, covering a various array of strategies. We have Jasmine and Priya. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, good. How are you? Good? Good, thank <laughs> Just you. Just get that out the way, the small yes, talk yeah. stuff, right? I feel like you made it awkward for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really bad yeah, start. I don't know you're that kind of guy. Is it Jasmine or Priya or Priya or Jasmine? Like Anton Deck, is it a thing? You have to have one before the other. Not really. Ted told us once that it should be alphabetical. But I think we are Priya and Jasmine because I think we've said it so much now. I think Jasmine and Priya sounds weird. Well, you you, you realise that your Instagram says Jasmine and Priya. Yeah. She probably wrote that. That's all. <laughs> we'll change that. Do you know what? There's two of us. It's either going to be Jasmine and Priya or Priya and Jasmine. It's one of the two. Figure it's it out. That, you're not that bothered, basically, right? No, no, it's not offensive at all. Sometimes I sign off an email and I put Priya's name first. What? Why? Because then That's it's, weird. There's anything I wrote it. I know, because it was a really bad email, then you get blamed. <laughs> I don't even really do that. Yeah, so people think it's like good cop, bad cop, except you're deliberately going to be bad cop. Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, because of the emails that she's sending on your behalf. Yeah, she probably does that quite a lot, actually. I'm looking into that now. Yeah, you look into it. See how you <laughs> check your send items. Yeah. Guys, look, thanks for coming on. Um, And interestingly, look, I've been following you from early on in your social media career. Um, And I think you guys coming on a podcast this time last year, year and a half ago, probably wouldn't happen, so... That's definitely something we'll talk about and why you're getting that kind of confidence. Um, the first thing I get all the guests to do is to really just share their mission statement. So why do you guys do what you do? Mm. Why do we do what we do? Because we enjoy it. That's not really a mission statement, is it? No, I don't think we have a mission yeah. statement. I think that I think we both got into property for different reasons. And I think I, I think why do we do what we do for flexibility, for time? Um, for a constant challenge and like everybody else for money so time and money freedom right yeah. and are you the kind of people that actually love property or is property a means to get what you want for me it started as a means to an end I've, I've never really like up until we went into commercial conversions there was never real like a great deal of love like I didn't think oh my god this is so exciting actually I used to get an offer accepted and then get to exchange and just have super mad anxiety and I'd be like oh my god 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 and until we got to completion I was like oh my god we felt for me everything was it wasn't enjoyable and it wasn't I wasn't it wasn't like my hope my dream as a child to own houses but the older I've gotten and the more time we've spent in property and the bigger it's more like the bigger refurbs when you get to chop up a property and you get to kind of really see it back to brick and all the way to the end that's the bit that I love and it's the bit that is kind of sparked excitement in property journey for me it's a bit of both really I think I'm a bit different I think it's a means to an end for me I don't not enjoy it I do enjoy it but I think I prefer would prefer different avenues of different types of businesses. And that, I think that's just me as a person because I always feel like the grass could be a little bit greener on the other side and I could probably be doing another business in five years time and thinking, why did I not stay in property? Who knows? Yeah, there's no wrong answer. This is a very interesting no, yeah. personal question. Perfect. So guys, look, you work together, you work together very well. Um, we look at all the projects. Who brings what to the table? Well, we both bring a bit of banter to the table. That's, that's it. And that, that, that's, 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 that's the winning that's formula. Subjective, isn't I it? Well, we bring it for each other. I don't care if anybody else does <laughs> it. It's not their business. Actually, <laughs> actually one um, few days ago, I asked one of our coaching clients to write a testimonial. And she actually wrote that I love the banter in the sessions. It makes them more alive. So, yeah, we give banter for free. Yeah. <laughs> just talk who we are. We just like to have a bit of fun. I think we both bring a little bit of... I think we both bring a bit of everything to the table to be honest I think when one of us can be quite realistic one of us can be quite optimistic with a deal 
deal dependent time whatever dependent it can switch over Priya is very very good at spreadsheets she's very good at kind of like the yeah she's very like logical um everything is kind of a process for Priya and it brings a lot more like systemization into the way in which we look at things and it brings a lot more efficiency into the business which I think is pretty good Whereas I think Jasmine's a bit more visual. She actually enjoys cutting up properties and drawing out floor pan. And like when she tells me to do it, I'm like, oh, are you not going to just do that? Because I actually, I can, I can do it, but I would rather sit with my spreadsheet and just talk to myself as opposed to like, you know, chopping up buildings and things. But it, it, we, we both kind of make sure that we work to our strengths and also work to our weaknesses, weaknesses. so that we can understand you know what we need to do if one's not here or vice versa but it's also important to learn so we can learn off each other which is nice because being in property it can be quite lonely and you don't really have that sometimes definitely and why why does um jasmine lock you up in is it cupboards all the time i'm not sure yeah oh, today. You know yesterday was actually so fun because she she got she got a delivery from from, from amazon where is it where you got it from yeah. it was a huge box and i was like sit in the box because <laughs> <laughs> you're just this small just sitting in and see what happened so I, I sat in the box you, so you sat in the box yeah. I sat in the box obviously. and then I tried to push her around and I was like let's play like you know like you could like you when you're a kid like pull the and it did not work very well the box yeah. broke and I ended up on rolling around <laughs> it was fun <laughs> like you said we bring the banter we just have mm-hmm. a laugh but yeah it's, why not yeah and like you said uh, Jasmine you know probably can be lonely but at least you've got each other if, if no one else if everyone else hates you You've got each other. Worst case scenario. You make so, sound like we're a married couple. We've got each other. Thanks. Yeah. Um, how many projects have you done together now at this point? Oh, I don't know the answer to that question. We haven't we, really. We yeah. Haven't, we haven't chopped it down in wow. numbers. We currently have seven projects on. If that's an answer for your question. Blimey. Okay. Fine. And how do you manage that then? Because that's scale, isn't it? That's the system. Have you got systems in place to manage seven projects ongoing? Because even even having a team that's difficult so we have a localized team in most areas and um, usually that's our contractor and we also usually have a project manager only projects closer to home we tend not to have a project manager but having said that we then work with build teams who we've worked with time and time again so essentially the head man acts as a project manager even though he's kind of not employed to be so we like to work with people who like to work with us and so it kind of allows for kind of repeat areas, repeat business to be done. And that kind of helps us a lot to manage our time. And mm. also, especially when you're investing up north in like Sheffield and we live in London, it's a lot easier to have the trust in those in your teams. And that obviously comes over a period of time, though. Yeah, and experience with them. Yeah. And we generally split ourselves. So like, for instance, we'll try certain projects that are a bit bigger or different for us. We'll try to jump on together. But then we might just take lead in one project. So, like for instance, Priya is a lot more, um, a lot, a lot more um, time in spends a lot more time up in the north projects, and I've done a lot more in the south. So it's and then Priya, like Priya's relationship with the teams in in the, the the northern projects is stronger than mine. So it makes sense for Priya to go there and kind of sort that side of things out whereas mine is better in, with the ones in the south so obviously that's where we're spending most of our time it's just going to be that way so we end up kind of just try to be as equal as possible and split our time that way fabulous and how's that work then during during lockdown when travel is slightly more restricted have you been able to go on site not as much not as much we don't actually like that but um it's getting better now we kind of are quite active we've been i don't feel like from the start of the year we've actually other than obviously like the normal we can't go out to go to the shops and stuff work-wise i think from january we got an office which kind of changed the dynamics of our working relationship a lot and also allowed us to be a little bit more i would say focused and create a bit more boundary between home life and work life yeah um so since the start of 2021 we've kind of not really been in a lockdown if that makes sense I'm we've been sure. in a little bubble of our own to yeah be honest. Like, boris will tell me off I don't whatever know. is what it is you know we've been quite we've been it, the, the problem is we, we didn't when last year when last year we were finally allowed out and we were allowed back on site we had multiple huge projects and then the question we had to ourselves is we actually hadn't um interacted physically so it was the question was we've now got to go two and a half hours down south one way do we go in two separate cars because we both need to go or do we just get in one car at this point 
Yeah. And then it was really, we'd opened up by that point a little bit anyway. And we were going to then be on the same site together. So it didn't really make any sense to go in two separate cars. And I think from that decision that was made, we've just kind of been in our own little bubble. We obviously work yeah. in the same office together. I said the other day, I was like, it doesn't matter at this point, we share the same germs. Like, I mean, it's too much for me. Like, I feel like we, we I think we, I think we crossed over a, a boundary with that sentence. But yeah, you're, you're in each of us personal space, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> saying to me right now. That's not two meters, guys. You know, yeah. it's not two meters. It's not two meters. We actually did at the start of like last lockdown. We did like you know when we were allowed out to walk or whatever it was we were allowed to do we actually did try to keep two meters away from each other and it's just so difficult it's just as well it's like it was kind of like we a spanner in the work if we weren't working together and running our own business it would have been a whole different argument yeah but we it just kind of had to be so we've been we, we've been quite lucky with covid really that we live quite locally we've able to get an office so we don't really have to go and spend time in each other's houses etc we go we, we we kind of have a neutral working environment and I think that as as with anybody, you're having to adapt into a situation that nobody saw, well, not many people saw coming. Yeah. So we're trying to be as safe as possible while still being able to realistically maintain our business. Yeah, you've been productive, but still being safe and sensible, which is yeah. the main thing. Um, so you mentioned around investment areas there, guys, and to be fair, you've covered this off in, in other platforms, but just so it's on here as well. Mm-hmm. Your investment areas how do you choose them what's the thought process behind your investment areas we're not picky when it comes to investment areas as long as the deal stacks we'll then be able to investigate the area the demographics that kind of, obviously some areas were like no we don't want to go there and obviously that's due to various different reasons but why we operate where we do is because we have most important thing is we have good teams and we're able to kind of leverage from that and grow and that's what we like yeah. to do in different um, types of areas. The deal has to stack. It have, we have to have multiple exit strategies. And we just have to like the people, I think, that we're working like, with. Like, for instance, we found our project in Eastbourne. So it's a brand new area for us. We didn't know anybody in there. Now we have a phenomenal build team for us. We would like to continue to work with them. So we'd like to find an area within their remit of where they would travel to that we would find another project or find like some sort of deal for them to kind of be up because we just to be our builders because they're just so great and there was such an ease to work with and obviously we've spent a long time a lot of these conversion projects as well they're not like three months they're 12 months plus so you've actually built quite a good relationship with these people you get to know them better the first project is probably the most challenging because you're trying to figure out each other's rhythms and ideas and communication and we feel like we don't want to waste that. We don't want to waste that time and energy put into to our, with ourselves and and all the other te- team that we use there. So, you know, uh, we'd like to, and that's kind of we end up sticking. And we also do there is there is some kind of guidance as to how we invest in terms of if we go into the north, it's there for the cash flow, it's there for the yield. It's just kind of just almost your bread and butter. And then we come into the South, especially like London HMOs is, yes, they're great in cash flow, but they're actually great for capital appreciation. So for us, they're almost our finance funnel every few years that we can just pull the cash back out, reinvest it back there. And it's almost just to balance the whole portfolio out. And we're both very big on not having our eggs in one basket. So we like to kind of build a few, move over, build a few, move over. Yeah, so if the deal works, it works wherever it is, depending on, yeah. on your parameters we, and your KPIs. As yeah, well. we try not to have like one. We've got a couple random dotted around, yeah. but it's not really our ideal situation of I having think just... as we're getting a bit older, time is obviously becoming a little bit more harder, and we're also doing larger project, projects which require a lot more involvement for us both. We don't want to, for example, have just one project in Leeds. We need a few in order to kind of make it worth a our time to travel up there b get to know teams and kind of grow in different areas okay cool now guys look when you were starting out uh, i know they both started off slightly differently i guess and i asked devinda this and this is a bit of a loaded question you know you were young asian and female Mm. um were there any obstacles in your path with any of those three factors i mean a lot of the time i think people may project their insecurities onto that but have you had any 
challenges in relation to that? I'm not sure we can put it down to any one of the three. It's very difficult to say this person didn't like our age or our gender or our ethnicity. There was definitely there was definitely challenges because of one of the three, if not all three, for some people. So just a couple of examples, to be honest, was starting out quite young. The first property that I went to go purchase, I was basically laughed at at the estate agents. Um, it, it kind of does knock your confidence. It also kind of makes you makes you a bit paranoid in terms of every time every, yeah, every time you're kind of going in to put an offer in, etc., you almost don't feel worthy of what you're doing. And and that was kind of a, a big personal challenge for myself was to get over it. Because everyone's like, oh, you're so young, you're so young. And they sometimes it's said in a way that's not so positive. Um, and I think that's I think that's changed in today's in today's world. I mean, we're 11, 12, nearly 12 years into when I first started. The whole industry changed. People's people's I people's idea of what an investor is has changed. So if you go back even five, ten years ago, it was so different. It was not people under the age of I was nineteen, so people the even under the age of thirty. Um, females buying property it wasn't really a thing like you didn't really see it especially they weren't doing it alone um, and that's not even bringing ethnicity into it so yeah people were we've had builders kind of had quite a few builders kind yeah. of look at us laugh at us or like think that we know less than we, what we do we've also do you know what any we've had it from a, a potential buyer of a project being very disrespectful very patronizing um, again, I you cannot put it down to age, gender, or ethnicity, but it was definitely something that riled him up the wrong way. Or he just some, didn't like us. Or sometimes they're just difficult people. Like it's so difficult to make a statement as to why part of our journey has been so challenging. But ninety nine percent of the time, you know, it's down to one of those factors. It's very rarely that the person is just that way inclined. Um, and I think that. We've been written off by. I mean, we put an offer in for a commercial for a commercial deal very early on in our journey in in the commercial side of it, and the guy basically the guy's email, the owner of the the agency was basically his email was, oh, basically how are you how are you two females buying like at your age buying this like I want to see proof of funds like it was it was so the email was so infuriating. We didn't end up even going for the deal, but we sent proof of funds just to just you know just to prove just to, to let shut you know. up, just like, to let you know, you know. Yeah, we are capable, but your attitude is so bad that we're actually moved, walking away from this because we don't actually want to get involved with yeah. something. We, we know, emailed back and said, you tough. know, the email was quite rude. I think from us back was basically like, we don't know if you don't like the color of our skin, our gender, our age. But we've got the money and we will never do business with like we will never look at a deal from you again even if it's stacks it's not for us like we're not here for that not here to be written off mm. by anybody yeah. we've had it at networking events as well yeah i've actually um been at a networking event and um the we were kind of talking about a deal and the gentleman said to me my dad was with me as well he's also in property he said to me he said to, to me i'm talking to him i'm not talking to you and then my dad was like sorry what why and then my dad was like but Priya can do it like why would why why do you need me to speak and then I was like I didn't I I threw my toys out the pram not gonna lie I said I don't know sorry picked up my phone and just left the room like I'm not here for it like if you I don't you can't judge a book by its cover and I feel like we're very very good judges of people when it comes to like kind of that as well even Jasmine and I between us we can have differing opinion I always say to I say like Jazzy but they haven't done that to me so I can't like you can't you can't paint everybody with the same brush no. and I think sometimes in property but I feel like it's getting better mm. and also I feel like maybe it's it may be not be getting better but maybe it doesn't bother us as much as we've grown maybe and a bit we, of both yeah a bit of both but also it only makes us stronger so it, it like it, it's kind of like a catch-22 situation you don't want it to occur but it also kind of gives you a bit of a backbone to kind of figure out different scenarios out for the future yeah yeah for sure yeah no I, t- I totally understand guys and some of that does resonate with me as well so appreciate you answering that um so into property a little bit you guys have worked with with lenders institutional lenders as well as private investors how has the experience differed between both we like working with private lenders more so because it's just it's we just think it's a little bit easier it's also a bit more personable it's a bit more bespoke it's also 
very reflective of our personalities. The corporate, I got made redundant and left the corporate world and kind of figured out my own business and then made a business with Jasmine. It's more, it's more natural for us. We obviously have to work with big lenders when we're doing big projects. It's just kind of not feasible currently for us not to. But currently all lenders literally want blood and they take my blood and then they ask me for more blood after they've taken that blood and told you that, okay, cool, it's fine, like, let's move on. It's, it's proving much more difficult than it's ever been for for us. Um, and everything just takes us so much time, like refinances, kind of finding the right products. It, it's taking a lot more time than it has done in the last two to three years even. Yeah. It's, it's probably a pet peeve, honestly, like, I mean, me and you guys have had this conversation over the phone. Like, I think this is a very sore subject for me. I That's why I asked the question. I can, <laughs> I'm I trying actually, to rile her up, Shaz. I actually, like, I, I actually feel lost for words when it comes to this subject because I, I understand the need for lenders. I totally understand it. And I'm very much here for it. But I feel the situation, I feel the process is antiquated. I feel like they're... There is now very little difference between the way in which a lender addresses a seasoned investor as in comparison to a newbie. And I'm not saying that a newbie shouldn't be given the benefit of the doubt because they should, but they should be going through a more stringent process than someone who has assets and, and has a track record and has years behind them and, and actually has shown. I mean, I've, I've my first property I bought when I was 19, I've got nearly 12 years of a track record of paying mortgages and I haven't defaulted touch wood but you know I I have that track record you can see it we, we have assets we have equity we have experience you know we've paid everything back and you're still the way that they the way that lenders are even now still approaching us I mean it's just it's, it's just horrifying it's horrifying it makes me not want to go for refinances it makes me not want to get a new property it, may, it it's just so frustrating and it's the worst part of the process for me and I don't know if it's because we're going through so many in one point I'm actually wanting to like no I think it oh I want I want it and I feel like like I said to you we're we're I feel like we're beholden like most of us get into property to have flexibility and not to have a boss and obviously for the money too but there are perks that come with running your business if I'm working seven days a week into the late evenings and that's kind of my my perk is that I get to only be beholden to myself now when you're with a lender and you're beholden to them and what they need how they need it when they need it in the format that they need it then they're going to a valuer who doesn't really know his head from his wherever and basically what's happening in this what's happening you go there and then they're telling you this is what your property is worth based on statistics but they haven't actually looked at it there's no there's no the, uh, even even these new lenders that are giving you like whatever they're calling them like like creative products or whatever they're still looking at it as a buy to let they're still looking at it on on very non-creative ways there's not even we were having this conversation about SA products that they're still not wanting SA products like there's not much out there and they're not giving much and it's just too much for me and I think that then I'm honestly uh, and they're also charging extortionate prices fine someone came back to you on your on your uh, on your story and I kind of understand it but again don't get it get a Rick Surveyor come in that doesn't know what's going on he'll go basically wants to get in and out as quick as possible gives you a valuation that's the end of that even if you appeal it how often are they saying are they agreeing to it and I feel like you're basically beholden to a valuer and a lender and you basically either do what they say or you're or you're stuck and doesn't really feel doesn't really feel free to me it, it feels it, it feels suffocating and I and I think that this is to be honest the biggest stress I think over the last six months has been the constant stress of a lender and I and I, I, I feel like there must be a better way the, the weird thing is I think from, from my perspective when I do it is when it goes re when it goes well it goes really well but when it doesn't go well it's absolutely tragic and it drags on and on and on it's one thing yeah, for another uh, but yeah, when it goes well, it's like you, you're loving it because you. I mean, why yeah. can't every every case be like this? It's one of those yeah. I think. But that's that's part of the problem, you know. If you've got an underwriter, and you've got an underwriter next to him, they could assess cases completely differently for the same people for the same property. Same with surveyors. Yeah, they've got the Rick's qualification, 
but then it's their professional opinion. You could have such a variance in figures. It, it, that's the problem. There's not. I think we need to put the word professional in quotation marks because I'm I'm really not here for professional. Like, what is it? Because to be perfectly honest, I feel like what you're basing your professional opinion on is what right, right move statistics that we obviously don't have access to, but you can look at other things in the market it just doesn't make there's actually zero sense to me as what's going on and i think i, I don't know I, I i feel like when i have more time energy and less emotion based on this i feel like i will definitely be digging a lot deeper but for the moment i think to keep some sort of sanity i have to just oh just be nice and it's just i be struggle nice. because i sometimes I, I feel like i would like to challenge what is being said or how people are valuing and it's really it's it's really a tough situation as well because I believe anybody that gets into property should be should be as safe as possible and they run through multiple exits and you know obviously naturally when you're doing your numbers and you're going to like doing your refinance numbers everybody most people are going to go a little bit higher right just to make themselves feel better about what's going on and I think the last two years me and Priya have definitely always erred on the side of caution but even when you err on the side of caution, it's at your detriment with them. And that's the problem. Like, where do you draw the line of where, like, do I do I say something's worth a million when actually it's only worth 750 because you're going to downvalue it to seven? It, I, I think it's the gains that are too much. It's just too much. We we've, we've, we actually, on our project in um, Eastbourne, got grey hairs from, from dealing with the lender. i got white ones, which are even worse, I think. Yeah, I don't know, whatever it is. We got, we got old in the process of dealing with the lender, and the 12-month build process was a lot more smoother and happier than the process of dealing with the lender. It was the hardest part of the whole commercial project for us, was the lending. the lending. Yeah. But one of our goals is to kind of 100% self-fund and some people may disagree and say that's not the smartest way to grow and build but we kind of want to try yeah yeah and sounds like from the stress that you've had it would be a big stress relief and you've got to factor in effort as well as time and money so yeah yeah like i say guys look when it's it's not it's not you guys you know when it when it goes well it's amazing when it doesn't it's it's a absolute can i ask you a question as a as a as a a mortgage broker how often, as a percentage, is it going well in comparison, like smoothly, easy, happy, happy, in comparison to a little bit like pulling your teeth? Okay, so on yeah, development finance or short-term finance is is a nightmare. Um, mortgages, I don't really get any issues with mortgages because I'm quite I'm quite risk averse in the sense of I'll probably take an extra day or two just to make sure it's gonna fit and work. I'll call as many people as I can before any fees are paid. But development funding, short-term funding, they are, like you said, they ask for so many things, things that are just immaterial to, to what's going on. Like, they're going to ask you for your income proof. Well, what's it got to do with the development deal? Do you, do you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, or a full trail of funds. Yeah, development is a challenge. But again, it's down to how you package it together and present it. And often, I think the problem is when it goes wrong is when you have investors who say, I want the lowest interest rate or I want as much money as on day one as possible. Now, those are both very rational things to ask for. However, if you go if you go speak to a broker, trust their judgment a little bit because they could say to you, look, factually, you know, this lender is the, the cheapest, but actually they're going to take, you know, six weeks longer and ask you 10 more, 10,000 more questions and mm-hmm. this lender a bit more expensive. But more often than not, it's a hard job to convince an investor who wants to save as much money as possible of that to, to go down. Yeah. And that's the other thing as well. Yeah, cheap is not always best. No. no but Jasmine, I asked I asked the questions around here, so please keep your questions to the end. Thanks. No, sorry, it doesn't work like that with us. <laughs> um, but no, it's interesting. I always like getting um, an investor's view of what lending's like, especially when they're not my clients. I like to know what what is going on. Um, mm. Definitely, I like the source. Um, Okay, cool. So, guys, also social media, right? So, you started your social media, what, a year and a half ago-ish? Just no, over a year. Just over a year. I mean, it was in the pipeline for quite some time. We didn't actually get around. To, it was on the to-do list, and it kind of always got pushed. And then um, we went, made more effort with it in 2020, and then lockdown hit, and then we were like, okay, we've just got to do this now. I like, we started March 26th. Yeah. We went, we 26th, yeah. March 26th, I think. Yeah, okay. It was March something yeah. of 2020 we, we started social media. 
like actually online. a year ago yeah sure and w- with your social media you know people fall into normally two camps either they're trying to give value or content or they're trying to receive investment or you know other content so what what are your aims with your social media we went in to give value to be honest and it actually goes back to your original question of the reason we went in was we were going to property and networking events and we were already being written off because of whatever the three factors might have been so that was annoying and then we felt like a lot of people were on social media but giving a lot of false, false ideas of what property is and it's happy you know you could do this in a minute get a Rolex, yeah, Rolex, Chris, Chris favorite line. Rolex, fast car, straight pa- away, straight passive away. income. I'm not sure having property business is actually passive, but that's a whole different discussion. So we came to social media essentially to show the truths, the highs and the lows that property can give you. And just to be real, we found a lot of people saying, oh, I have 50 HMOs. Well, actually you don't, you have 50 rooms. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You can't say you have 50. Anyway. Well, yeah. So yeah. we. It's a moral question. Yeah. At this point. So at this point, we were just trying to be a bit more real and also be authentic to ourselves and our business and how we run things. And I feel like, well, I hope that that's kind of come across. And a lot of people have given us feedback that it has. So it's kind of been worthwhile. We're both very private people. So we don't really put much on about our private life, as you probably can see. But when we have, we have received quite a number of messages, like from fathers, from young girls, from different ethnicities, kind of boys and girls saying who are younger, saying, you know what, actually, we really love your page, you've added value, you've given us something to aspire to. So it's actually kind of been worthwhile. At the start, we were like, mm, how do we quantify this? Like, yeah. what, what's it actually, what's the benefit kind of versus I just wanted to show the effort. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually... It's, it's been a great way, especially in lockdown, to kind of meet new people. We met you before, prior to all these discussions. We met you through that. You've kind of been one of our biggest cheerleaders, cheerleaders along the way, which is nice. Um, and we've met so many different people that we probably wouldn't have been able to cross paths with because of location, mainly. Yeah. We just we weren't very big networkers. We were always been like, oh, when we had to go, we'd have to talk to people. And we'd basically be sitting there. One of us would be like, messaging the other one or like writing, saying like, <laughs> when we go in, when we go in for food, like what we're doing. Yeah. Like, and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't the most productive of going there. Like we went there because oh, during, maybe the speaker might have been something, someone we were interested in, but never really making too many meaningful connections within the industry. And I think that although we did start to give, to give, we had a couple of, things that we wanted to receive back and a, a lot of that was I think we what we it was almost like a, an experiment for us mm. to understand if we would get more gravitas and understanding and people would stop writing us off if they if they saw a social media page and then the second thing was for us we thought well if we've got a social media page it's an easier conversation when you're networking because it was something we both struggled so much with so it's kind of definitely done both of the above for us so it's not my it's not my favorite task no it's not but we do enjoy it i i enjoy for example we spoke to a a guy this morning and he was kind of kind of mind blown at the fact of what you can do in poverty he wanted to learn wanted to get involved and i like that i like kind of helping people or even just talking to them and just giving them like 10 15 minutes of our time and just kind of showing them that there are different give a different perspective yeah and the different ways of actually getting to where you want to go and i think that's that was really important because when i started as well i didn't know jasmine and i didn't i was the worst networker i wouldn't even speak to you i would pretend to be on the phone i'd go to the toilet i would do all those tricks just to not speak so i didn't really have anybody that you could just kind of talk to in the same field and it, so it kind of, I feel like with Instagram and social media, it allows a lot of people to connect through that way, which is good. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's a good, especially if you're not a comfortable network, as good as an icebreaker. Yeah. yeah. And when you do meet that person, you've already broken the ice, you get rid of the small talk and just get into what you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested, when are you going to upgrade your Canva, Priya? I've upgraded it, Shaz. I zoomed into one of the pictures earlier and it's still looking a little bit blocky. I don't understand why you're berating her because she gets very upset when yeah. I have to deal with this. And it might have been my picture yeah. that I uploaded, which it might have been. So now you're coming for me, Shaz, and I'm not sure this is a good idea. Which picture is it, Shaz? It's a little bit of platform. No, it's... Um, let me have a look. It's, 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 it's the naked up. eye. 
It's the one that you posted on the 5th of April about your CGI's. Uh, who did that? Oh, okay, that's an old... Don't worry, Shaz, we, we've got our Canva under locks, okay? Do you know what, Shaz, you're the only one who said it, and just purposely I'm be petty and start keep on keeping it on the old one. How about that? Do it. See if I care, right? Yeah. No, that's cool. So, and you mentioned, obviously, people people approaching you or inboxing you for advice and things like that, and I know you encourage it, you know, you suggest... For sure. ...ask us a question or arrange a call. Um, I guess when it comes to a fair exchange of value and information not that it has to be financial but you know would you want them to be future investors for you or be mentees because i know you do mentorship you know what is no we don't do mentorship no, no mentorship for us no we, we do we do coaching um and we take on a few clients a year uh, at any one point we actually have to have the conversation with someone see if we work with them we like them we're we're looking for hungry people um and we, we like people with a lot of motivation and we've got all different kinds of clients based different uh, in different locations in the UK. But to be honest, that was very much a lockdown thing and it wasn't really ever on the cards. And even we were having this conversation with one of our clients about growing your business. There's some businesses that you, you start to grow, like your whole intention is to grow them to, to be like basically the best they can be or make the most amount of money they can be. And then there are some businesses you, you make money from but they're just a simple exchange of your time and that's you have to set it up as a business but they're not really to, to be any more than what they are and where we are at the moment that's kind of what it is for us and it was more that we actually really enjoyed it so we got contacted by some ladies that we had met um, at a networking event and we just like no thanks like it's not really us then lockdown got quite boring I mean how much <laughs> you know TV could we watch and um we kind of took on them and we actually came out i was at jasmine's and like literally we came out and um jasmine's mum walked in the room and was like how was it i was like i actually loved it and she was like what i think uh, so I we're like she was shocked that we enjoyed it because she knows it's quite obviously the type of people that we are and it was just nice someone to like you know when the penny drops and that satisfaction i don't really think you can kind of put a money value on that it's just so nice to see someone excel and do what they want and kind of make their own way too i think it's also important to know like me myself and pray have spent a lot of money on education we're very pro education in property but i think what's missing for a lot of people and i think this maybe goes across different industries is there's so many different ways for somebody to learn and i think the most important thing for each individual is to pick to understand how they learn best are you on the job learner do you like one-on-one -on -one learning are you better in groups do you like kind of theory then going to implement do you, are you better are you self-disciplined enough to to basically teach yourself and that's how you learn best like you've got to figure out where you're going to get the most amount of value because it's not the same for everybody and i think that's the problem property is not the same for everybody each individual person's journey is going to be bespoke to them because that's the beauty of this industry and for anybody to think that it's okay to basically copy somebody else and do exactly what they did it's never going to be it, it shouldn't be the same it shouldn't be that way and the same thing goes for the learning and i think for us we're very much about just giving you fundamentals we don't need it to be, you know, this is a lease option, this is rent to rent, this is social housing, and this is serviced accommodation, and this is da 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 da, and this is how you source. It's not about that. It's about what do you need to do? What are the fundamentals that you need to learn? That if we are not around, because we're only having X amount of sessions with somebody, then you have to go out in the big Why wide not? world by yourself and property and be able to apply the fundamentals anywhere. And that's kind of what we're wanting. That's what we feel like is what we wanted to do because we wish somebody had done that specifically for us rather than going to so many different paying so much in training so that's kind of where we stepped in it's funny though because I thought I would hate social media and you would like it and you would hate coaching and I would like it but actually our favourites are the other way around I prefer social media and Priya prefers coaching so oh. that's good right it's yeah, like good. swings and roundabouts so yeah, yeah. And again it's just learning learning your skills and learning what you like right um you mentioned around education there. Now, property education, property training does get a bad rep sometimes. I used to be of the opinion that, yeah, it's overpriced, not worth it, and not valuable. However, I have changed that a little bit. I think, one, it's supply and demand. So if someone wants to pay £10,000 for a course on lease options, and someone is selling a course for £10,000 for lease options, 
their supply and demand as a business mm. as long as there is substance on the back end um and some after sales support and i think uh, like you said everyone learns differently so some people need a structured module based course some people prefer to be you know site visits so for me i've changed my opinion on that I mean, what do you think? Like, is is education? You, you know, you said you've been through education. What was your learnings on that? Was it valuable for you? I think it's very personal dependent, and how you learn. I'm a great. I I need implementation. So I've sat in trainings for three, five days. Okay, cool. I understand your theory, but then how do I put it to use with the amount of money I have, and in the areas I want to invest, and with the strategy I want. It's yeah. not specific to me. I've also done mentoring as well, and I found that that was much more kind of down my street because it was kind of relative and relatable to my journey at that point in time. I think everybody needs education of some sort, whether what that may be, but you need to do it based upon how you learn best and what's best for your needs. And also, you don't always have to spend ten to twenty thousand pounds for education. It's not that's not always a thing. It doesn't mean if you do spend that amount, amount, it is the best education. That's not necessarily true. I think a lot of people need to do a lot more research and understanding into what they are buying into, mm. and sometimes that's not always possible. Not, not even what but who yeah who are you going into yeah um not shit out there to be perfectly honest like there's just a lot there is a lot of rubbish and there is a lot of great people uh, like, what you, and weirdly what you find is the people who are not charging ridiculous amounts of money are actually more legit than the ones who are charging tens of thousands of pounds for some reason whatever reason that is that seems to be the case and i don't know why that is um which of you is on Clubhouse? I think one of you's got the iPhone of you. I don't. I've disabled the notifications. We're going on one next week or the week after. I can't remember. Oh, no, next week now. Weeks are going so fast. I don't... I feel like you can get absorbed into the, all these social media platforms. And when do I actually do my actual day job or my actual kind of work? I find it kind of becomes like a minefield. And then you're listening to all these opinions. And I've, I'm and this is my own personal issue nothing towards clubhouse i then find myself like comparing and then i'm getting stressed out at the fact that okay they're doing that why am i not doing that i've been in it longer i, I could i could clearly do that or or, or i'm like jazzy should we be doing that or have, have we done it wrong but i think that's the beauty of property everybody can do it at their own pace in their own way and there's no right or wrong mm. and as long as you're meeting your goals that's the most important thing and i think sometimes being on Clubhouse and kind of, you know, all these, you know, platforms, it, it's just too consuming for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the best person to ask that question. Sorry. Well, no, it seems like you're all Clubhoused out, really, which is interesting. I, mean... I don't think I really ever got Clubhouse in. It's not really me. <laughs> I, I'm very factual. Clubhouse is very opinionated. I also think there's a lot, of, like, I joined a few. I think the problem occurs is doing it every single day and that, that what there's only certain amount of stuff you can talk about. Then it becomes same, same. Like everybody's talking about HMOs or co-living or lending or whatever. Like, okay, cool. Why don't we have the conversation when there's something specific for you to have the conversation about? There's only so many hypotheticals that we can all speak about until actually you need to be going out there and doing it and coming back with an actual problem or an actual question because hypotheticals are only going to get you so far and you're only going to remember so many hypotheticals. Yeah. And in this industry, the hypotheticals are endless. Like, they're just endless. So th w w there's no way that any one person can know everything or even remember everything about everything 24-7. Like, the, it's, the rules are changing, the industry is changing, your property is changing, your area is changing, and there's going to be constant conflicting opinions. you just got to go with the right one at the right time that's all it is I hope you hope you've made the most educated decision you could have yeah and i mean to relate to that is when people ask me a question on social media my most common answer is it depends because it is so specific and down to your circumstances yeah. your asset your property and also you don't know the whole the whole criteria all the time and it's like someone will say well should i go here and invest here well no i don't know anything about you like i can't I can't answer these questions and I think sometimes it's that's also a bit hard we had a lady message us today who wants to get involved in property just a nice normal message 
but I was like, I can't answer your questions because I don't know anything about you. Yeah. Like I'm ha- happy to, and then I don't. I also don't like being brief and basic because if you message me or messaged us, what we need to give you some meat. I don't want to give you vegetables. Right? Bread. No, know. just don't want to. Don't want to give the bread. You want to give the whole sandwich. I prefer vegetables, but you can say bread. Fine. Okay. But no, I know what you mean. So yeah, they they've they've. If someone's gone out their way to reach out to you, you want to give them some value. But I think a lot of people don't frame their questions in the best way. And I think that's what it is. No, yeah. they, do, no they do not. Oh, my gosh. We had this conversation yesterday for like half an hour. I was getting so stressed out because the questions are just so bad. And also, the questions are like, I've got 20 grand. Where, where should I invest? I mean, first and foremost, we are not financial advisors. Secondly, like like I'm thinking of investing where like do you have is there some things I should be considering when choosing my investment area like what do you think of Liverpool it, I don't know it's great for a night out I don't know what you want for like we can't give you that meaty kind of information it, it's also very it's so personal dependent how far are you living from the property like how long are you willing to travel like do you have other factors how much is your job there's just so many things that go into it and I think that people just I think that if you're first time into property, you almost look at it, oh, they picked Stoke-on-Trent to buy a house, or they picked Sheffield, or Middlesbrough, or I don't know, wherever, Newcastle to buy a house, that must be a good area, and there's very little research than then that's gone into it. They've just assumed, that, every, but they don't know when you bought, how much you bought for, why your kind of reasoning was to buy there, and I think that people think that an area just falls into your lap. It's a lot of time and effort that goes into finding your your area, or there should be a lot of effort that goes into it. Yeah, and maybe it's it's the time you live in. People want a snap answer, a quick answer, as opposed to doing the research and you know doing it themselves. Um, so we've gone on property education and mentorship. And are you guys part of any accountability groups? We are with um, we're called the Property Avengers. I don't know. We did not pick this name. Very yeah, catchy. Not. Very catchy. Yeah, we did not pick this name. We, uh, yeah, we are. I thought you did pick the name actually. We did. I don't watch Marvel, so I don't really know. He, I mean, whoever told you that is fully lying to you. You let me know, and I will have the conversation <laughs> with them. The we did not conversation. Pick that. So, how important are these kind of groups? I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of having people keeping you accountable. Um, in this point in time, Jazz, we could not answer that question honestly because we don't think we've done it enough. We've, I think it's been three or four weeks. I think today was our fourth. Yeah, and we're just kind of trialling it out, and I think that it's the first time most of us have been in part of this kind of group, etc. So I think that we're navigating our way through. Um, I also think it's a weird time in, our, in, the, like, in the economic climate and in our own kind of life, because we're starting to kind of go back to a little bit of normality and it's kind of, as we go back to what we said before, we have the time and the flexibility. Yeah. So, for example, yesterday morning, Jasmine and I went and did some, like, personal things together, actually. But we we both had to do stuff together. But we were allowed to take that time out. And we couldn't have done that prior because of lockdown. Yeah. So then work is obviously not being done in the morning. Like, we are still working. So it's, 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 more flexible. Little, yeah, yeah. it's just a little bit harder, I think, at this point in time because there's a lot going on. I also, I also personally think that because just who we are as people and we have at each other, the need for us personally to be in an accountability group is probably a lot less than most other people. We are both very efficient. We have two meetings a week. We are, one is always keeping the other accountable. We're never kind of like, especially now that we've got this office, the way in which how our efficiency, I actually think that we, because we have each other to do that with, we're very lucky. We, I don't think that our need for it is as much as maybe some people that are not doing it with somebody. I do think it's, one thing that I have learned in the last few weeks is that I like the fact that obviously not everybody thinks the same way. And also when you're in a situation like me and Jasmine are always probably in the same situation with regards to work and things, you kind of sometimes your vision becomes a bit clouded or you become a bit stressed or, or limited. Yeah. So when you step outside the box, it is always good for that and kind of bouncing the ideas. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I've I've kind of enjoyed and liked because of that. Yeah. It's also it's also great to be able to like send a message and get a response and not have to do a lot of research. I'm a bit lazy. 
But yeah, we're gonna give it a go probably for the rest of this month and then um, see where we're at. But we're, so, yeah, it's, it's been it's been better than I thought to be honest. So that's probably I was more pro and I was more con. But that's always the case with the both of us, I think. Well, you're more pro. No, it's like one of us is one oh, way, one of us is the sure. other way. For sure, for sure. Sure. I I always think they're worthwhile. I'm in one with I think four of the brokers and we yeah keep each other accountable and just see what's going on, what challenges we've got. Um, but yeah, it depends where you are in your journey and what you're looking mm. for, I suppose. Um, right, guys, so you've got seven deals ongoing right mm-hmm. now. Do you want to talk about one of the one of them, just a highlight deal in terms of numbers and what, what you're developing? Because you are doing some big projects. Yeah, so what do you mean by our, our one in London that's just come to an end? So it was three-bedroom terrace house converted into six-bedroom, four-bathroom, now HMO. Um, zone three, it was purchased for 490 we purchased in 2020 so in the in basically in the middle of the pandemic which took forever um total fees so inclusive of everything we were 510,000 pounds took um took well advantage of that stamp duty reduction in London uh, anyway, so we were 510 in, including all the acquisition costs, and then we were refurb of 100,000. So total cost was 610. Um, our revalue is 750. So we're money left in at 47,500. We're net profiting or cash flowing a month, whatever word you'd like to use, is 2,034 pounds a month. That's tidy. That's tidy. how long. How long does the work take? And five months. That's good. From the minute they the minute they started to the minute we had a tenant move in. And the refinance process is that still in in process? It's ongoing currently. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Don't cry. <laughs> no, those numbers are good. I like those numbers. Oh, glad you do. We like them too. <laughs> That's fine. Now you know what? One of the things I've got from this chat actually, guys, is that as, as much as people say it is property isn't very passive would you agree no i don't agree i i think it's if you have a property business it's never going to be passive if you have one buy let you could it's passive if you have one hmo is that passive i don't really think a hmo is too passive you still have to answer to the letting agent you still have to kind of make sure you're regular you you know all that crap yeah it's i don't believe it's passive the only thing that I do like about property is that you make money while you sleep. And that is the biggest thing. Whatever business I decide to go in into life or whatever, if you're making money while you're sleeping, you're benefiting, right? That's the dream, isn't it? That's the dream. That's the dream, literally. Now, often I get people coming to me. I get a lot of newbies coming to me, actually, um, asking who should they speak to, you know, for advice, to whose page can they look at on Instagram? And I do send some people. Who your... do you say? Yeah, yeah. What's that? Sorry. Who's do you say? I was going to say I send them over to you guys as one of the examples. Oh. Yeah, I use you guys, Tedge, Spot the Day. So, th- I mean, look, there's never one key tip because what it's not, it's never only one thing. But what tips would you give new people right now if starting to look invest in a property business? Be slow and steady and work at your own pace. Okay. I've... Be diligent. Like re- research. There's a very, but there's a fine line of over-researching and not doing anything. But research, you know, if you're looking for a coach, mentor, property company, research, see what else is out there. If you're looking for an area, compare. If you're looking for a lender, compare. Like, don't just go on what the first thing you've been told and take that for gospel. If someone's given you a piece of information, go and look into that. Make sure that that's actually correct, and then you can start to find the sources that you trust and understand, and go from there. Now, you said compare. I think the other thing I would add is don't compare. But what I mean by that is your journey to other people's because Priya has mentioned this a few times. It is it is so personal. Your end goal is different. Your reason why is different. So how you get there is also going to be very, very different. And the, the mental side of that can be very, very kind of harsh on people where they're like, Look, I'm, not, I'm not where so-and-so is. What am I doing wrong? And it can crush you mentally as well. So moving on into kind of mindset as well. So, you know, how do you guys maintain a strong and focused mindset? We have our days. <laughs> you have one day a week, it's like... Yeah, we have, we have days. We have <laughs> things. mental breakdowns on a regular basis. Yeah, the other day I thought Jasmine was going to kick me out of the office. <laughs> um, 
No, I think we we try to really help each other a lot of the time. And if one's feeling a certain way, we kind of have to kind of balance out. Jasmine, I'm going to actually tell the story. What? Last night, what happened? So she, can you not? So I'm definitely. Can you I'm definitely. It's, it's, it's actually still a sore subject for me, and I actually oh, like. Come on, let if, me tell the story. If you tell the story, I'm coming for you with stories on you. Okay. Don't think I won't. Sorry, I can't tell the story because she'll come for me harder, or she'll punch me. I can't. Okay, firstly, I will not physically <laughs> touch her. Let me just put that caveat out there. I do not do that. Um, I think yeah. We, Go on, we tell the story. We, we try. Okay. We try tell to balance story. each other out. Um. I personally, I think last year, towards the back end of last year, was just really over social media. I was over, I think it was obviously a combination of like being in COVID, being at home, personal things and just like work and just kind of not being able to move as much as I wanted to. So I took a little bit of a social media detox break, which I really love and would love the rest of my life but obviously that's not going to happen um but we, we kind of we, we we have a good understanding between ourselves some days we're like just don't talk we don't want to talk yeah. and some days we talk all day long that she talks so much that i have to leave the office i feel like you're really active like i actually i would like i would like somebody who actually knows us on a day-to-day basis when this podcast comes up to listen to that and make a comment because that is not okay if i leave the office i'm not there she's like what are you going to do what who am i going to speak to this what? morning she's she was like, like oh i'm coming in a bit later i was like well you didn't tell me that why what are you doing why why like you have to come to the office yeah you can tell the story bro this will be this will be a Shaz exclusive. So yesterday we were in Jazzy's car and we were doing some errands and, and we viewings. had to, and viewings and we had some viewings in the evening. We got stuck in some traffic. It took quite a long time to get there. Then we were obviously late and delayed and we were running out of petrol. Well, Jasmine was running out of petrol. I was the passenger. And um, anyway, then we were driving back to go and have some dinner at mine. And I said to her, "Let's get petrol." She goes, "No, no, I'm gonna get it tomorrow." I said, "Okay then." No, she told me off many times throughout the whole day. I was like, well, you're and ruining it, it your was, car, you're was, ruining the engine. It was like, my second day on, on my petrol light. But, but I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know that at this point in time. She told me after. I really hate getting petrol, okay? It's really annoying. I have to do it like twice a week. It really irritates me. And you know what? I played it fast and loose, okay? So That's what happened. She did this and then she <laughs> left my house at like 10 and she then i'm like going upstairs and she's calling me i'm like you just left the house like what do you need now and she's like um my car won't start i'm like oh, why, why would the car not start i'm like jasmine anyway so i go out there i listen to the engine i'm like jazzy you've got no petrol no no priya there's something wrong with my car my car's broken priya, my I, car's did, broken. I didn't understand like i normally get like so much mileage out of the car even on the petrol light and i've only been driving like locally i was so confused it wouldn't turn on oh. anyway I'm like, Jasmine, it's the petrol. Jasmine, it's the petrol. Okay, I listened. You didn't, have to yeah. you didn't say it so ten times. I, I, I did say it a few times because you, you kept saying that the car was broken. <laughs> <laughs> broken. The engine wouldn't start. So then we went to the petrol station and we had to buy a tank and we had to put the petrol in the tank and Jazzy had zero clue of what to do. And to be honest, I'm really not like practical like with things like that. I would always just be like, can someone else do it for me? But I actually knew what to do, which was shocking. Um, we filled up the tank and we took it back home to my house put the petrol in the car and then the car's not starting still i'm like jazzy i think we need more petrol like you fill your car and it's usually like 18 to 100 pound of, of a tank and we put seven pounds in it's not going to be enough no no i'm going to call mercedes okay call mercedes so we call mercedes so now we all know what car i drive sorry <laughs> so we call this we call the, the um road assist anyway road assist says i'll come out in two hours i said okay like two hours or another five minutes trip to the petrol station like trust me trust me trust me so you did i said cool so we went to the petrol station we got petrol again my shoes got covered in petrol my, my brand new coat got covered in petrol my jeans everything was in petrol anyway we got the petrol we got it at home and the car started it did start and should i tell you the worst thing and i haven't even told her when we were leaving because i was taking her sister home the rac man was on her road <laughs> I couldn't even go be called me. I didn't even get time to call him. I was like, oh my god, I'm really sorry. Wow. It was, it was just too much for me. I was like, listen, I've been driving since I was 16 years old, 17 years old, and I have done the petrol thing every single time my car's gone on petrol. Every single time I drive, it goes on petrol light, and this, it won't be happening again. 
I'd be fuming, Pri. I'm on your side. You should listen. Like you shouldn't take the risk. Okay, listen, I don't need a lecture, Uncle. Okay, I've already been told. I've learnt my lesson. I am good. I currently have a full tank of petrol. I am good. It will not happen again. I learned from my lessons. But the moral of the story is everybody needs petrol all the time. The moral of the story is this. Okay, I was stressed out because I was pissed off at myself for being stupid, but Pri pulled through for me. That was the moral. I forgot and the moral. <laughs> And I think that's what it is. Like even today, like I, I took her coat to go get dry clean because the guilt was just too much. I'm the, I'm the one who sprayed her with petrol. FYI, that's yeah. what happened. I, it was just, it was a whole, it was a whole situation. Okay, it happened. We laughed our way through it. It was, it was just the way it was. I didn't, I didn't totally have a mental breakdown, but she practically did. I based, the version of me for having a mental breakdown. That was about it. Like yesterday, it was too much. But I don't like making mistakes. But <laughs> if you make them, own them. So yeah, okay. It's I, she one, did it. She hundred percent owned it. One hundred percent owned it straight away. I was like, what? What an absolute tool! Like, but I think we're both quite good at that. If we do make a mistake, we hundred percent own it. It's just easier. It's just there's no yeah. Point. We're not. I think that's why it works well. Like we bicker, we argue, we 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 don't always agree on stuff. But I think that we, I think what holds us together is that we're constantly. We know that the other one is there with good intentions. And the goal is always the same. That for the goal is for us both to win. So if we're both if we're both got differing opinions, it's not because one wants to be better than the other or one wants something the other doesn't. It's that we both have a different way of getting there. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. But yeah, we all we all we we have our mental we have our mental breakdown days to be honest. There were days that we don't want to work and we pull it up and we, we just we have the other one kind of cheering us on or not even cheering us on, bringing us snacks. Just to wrap this up, guys, so a few more things. Um, what would you say being maybe your main key learnings from lockdown and how would you use that in your business going forward? Mine is to be patient, to be more patient and to learn. I've learned a lot of patience, I think. I think, but patience and kindness is key. Very, very Gary Vaynerchuk, very good. I have learned to put petrol in my car. Stop, that's not a lockdown learning. That's, that is a life lesson <laughs> for me and that's what I'm going to stick with. Have fuel, have fuel, because fuel is very have important. Have fuel. Yep, absolutely. And look, going forward, where do you see hard hat in five, ten years? Hopefully in another country. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think that we, we've had this conversation a few times and we're in property for the foreseeable. But I think at some point we would like to add a new dimension into our business. A new income stream. Yeah, and something to kind of... We're constantly looking for something to challenge us mentally and challenge us just, just to excite us and, and, and kind of have us learning new things. And I think at some point we will probably diversify out. I think we will always have a foot in property, but I don't know if we will... Maybe five, ten years from now, I don't think that it will be the only or the main income stream. I think we will ha we will be diversifying out. That's interesting. That's something to keep an eye on, definitely. Okay, guys, well, look, you know, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having us. My pleasure's all mine. Um, and look, after lockdown, we should get together and have some sort of networking event. Me and Tej hosts like a Midlands mixed grill uh, in the Midlands, obviously, so you should come down for that. Definitely. If there's... I'll make sure I put fuel in my car. <laughs> I'll make sure she's not driving. Okay, out of the two of us, who is the better driver? I mean, I got petrol all the time. No, no, that's not what I asked. But that's irrelevant. So that definitely... my car, Miles moved. That means definitely it's me because she didn't know answer that question. Didn't answer, it's, yeah. So you know I'm gonna trust, trust your driving. Excuse me? Shut up. <laughs> Ciao for now, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. I think we could have carried on chatting for hours, you know. My main takeaway was how property, clearly for these guys, isn't passive. As Priya says, it can be, but right now, definitely isn't. What did you think? If you've enjoyed this or any of the other episodes, please leave a review, tag and connect with me on socials as well, at Wes Shaz. And until next time, be humble, be peaceful, be grateful.